right, here we go. Welcome inside edition number 143 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat award-winning. If only in my own mind, I would be Ross Brendel on that Twitter machine at Brendel Ross, B-R-E-N-D-E-L-R-O-S-S. I hope the snare drum gave it away. It is indeed time for another Gophers review and preview edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, joined as always by Mr. Daniel House from Gophers Guru and GophersGuru.com. Daniel is on the Twitter machine at Daniel House NFL. Daniel, my man, how you feeling? Gophers are seven and three after a we'll call it a nice win, doing what I think most people hope they would do by thoroughly dispatching of the Northwestern Wildcats. i tell you, I know a lot of people are not looking forward to this game because they see the over-unders 32 and a half, but actually this game gets me hyped because it's two phenomenal defensive coaches going at it, scheming, trying to come up with that big high leverage takeaway that could change the game. So I'm excited. I love that I set it up by talking about dispatching of Northwestern and you just immediately move on to Gophers in Iowa, which is where we're going to get. We are going to get there. I do want to spend just about 30 seconds on the Northwestern game because I I, I think obviously if you really want to go deep into it, there's a lot to review, but most people want to talk Iowa this week. They don't want to talk about Gophers at Northwestern, but House, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge another fantastic day in the backfield by this middle-aged man. Ibrahim to his left, sniffing on the goal line. Ibrahim, he's got his third score of the afternoon. Big Ten Network on the call. Mo rushes for three touchdowns on 36 attempts. He gathers 178 yards. Just another day at the office for the Gophers' uh, number one tailback. But House, it's apparent... As long as they think he can play, they'll run the tires off of him if they have to, if it helps that the if it helps ensure that the Gophers get victories. That was a pretty legit call sniffing on the goal line. I never heard that one before. That's pretty good. But uh Mo just you gotta appreciate the performances, man. Like watching how he set weights and set lets the block set up and has the patience and vision to find the creases. Kersh Rocco was talking about that a couple weeks ago. He calls it assists because he can just press a, a certain hole and let the block set up and help his offensive line out. And that's just something that not every running back has, like the complete package, the low center of gravity, the ability to cut back, find those creases, the vision, the just overall processing of the game. Like Mo hasn't gotten enough love this year for pass protection reps. He's had some big pass pro reps off blitzes and, and things like that. So complete player, so fun to watch and just enjoy these last few games with Mo because uh, he's he's going to go down as one of the greats. Can Mo? I'm hesitant of what his future in the NFL could look like just because of the injury history the tread that's on the tires, he's fast. I don't know if he's NFL fast, so follow me here. Is this the type of player that could be drafted, maybe drafted late, or as a rookie free agent, and is maybe told, 
you know, if you put on 15 to 20 pounds, you can be a fullback in this league. Now, I get it. There's only so many teams that use fullbacks. You know, Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco 49ers. I believe Detroit still uses one to a degree. But to me, that seems like if he's going to have long-term success or long-term play in the NFL, it might have to kind of be in that route. I don't think he has to do anything. I think he just goes right to the pros. I think he gets drafted, and I feel like he'll be a very good third down back that can come in, you know, in the in the red zone, make people miss, uh, change, you know, come in the game and just provide a different dimension for your offense because he's so good at you know falling forward for yardage, fighting through tackles, number one in American yards after contact. Uh, he he just has all the traits that a lot of running backs don't have and the ability to break tackles, force missed tackles in the zone scheme. I, I believe he can actually be a very solid NFL player and uh, there'll be a team that just really likes his personality, his leadership style. And they, they feel like he can be a rotational back, which I think is perfect for him as he gets ready to go to the next level. So how said so good, he just said those words so good talking about Mo as I was reaching for my cup of coffee to the right, and it's a natural segue, house becoming the segue master. Mo is so good, my coffee is so good, and house is showing me his cup of coffee. Mine is so good because it comes from my friends at Beans Coffee Company, and they're celebrating one year at their brand new roasting facility in Mankato, and they're inviting you to celebrate with them. Very easy. This is how you can celebrate with them in honor of this occasion. They're releasing a brand new Perfectus blend, a cherry robust light roast that will be permanently joining their outstanding lineup. Check out that full lineup and all the blends that are available to you at coffeebybeans.com. This blend is currently available for pre-sale through Sunday, November 20th. All pre-sale orders They're going to be roasted and delivered Thanksgiving week, which is next week. A good chunk of you, perhaps all of you, will have it in time for that Thanksgiving holiday and family gatherings this upcoming weekend, or I guess it would be next weekend. You know what I'm saying. Look for it at coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. And when you're there, use the promo code SPORTSCHAT, all one word. You'll save some cash at checkout, and you're also supporting Minnesota Sports Chat. Beans Coffee Company ships anywhere in the U.S. They have free shipping on all orders of three bags or more. Coffeebybeans.com. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. If you like coffee, this is the place for you. If you have people in your family that love coffee, they have great gift baskets, gift assortments, great blends. Check them out. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. House, do you want to hear from the head football coach at the University of Minnesota as he previews? <laughs> what did you draw for me? What is that? I drew while you were doing that promo. I drew a play design. Oh, what are we? What are we running before we get to PJ? That looks like looks like a couple of post patterns. We're all heading to the corner and a drag route. Corner, we're flooding one side of the field. We're gonna hit the wheel on the back on the back. Side oh, look! At, I didn't even Off see through. that. <laughs> you know, they've tried running that play. If they tried running that play a few times on Saturday house, and I thought they missed the running back out of the backfield a couple of times. That's my play design for this weekend. 
We're going to get to that. We're going to hear from the head coach first, courtesy of Gopher Sports on the YouTube machine. Year in, year out, their defense scores an awful lot, like an offense. Uh, so I have a ton of respect for Kirk and what he's been able to build uh, build over there. Uh, coach Parker and, and the, the cultural sustainability they've had. Uh, but this is why you play at Minnesota. This is why you go to Illinois. This is why you go to Wisconsin. This is why you go in the Big Ten. This is why you have those rivalry games. Um, you know, Fox, 3 p.m. I mean, that this is this is what it's all about. And two teams have have really kind of, you know, had a, I, I think, gotten better as the season's gone on. And, you know, the, 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 the defensive part of that is I'm sure it will be on display somehow, some way on Saturday. But, uh, you know, it's a whole team game. You've got special teams, offense, defense, and, and uh, you know, it's a rivalry game. So Here's some numbers for you, House, that don't really mean a ton, but I think it's indicative of how the national media, and you alluded to it earlier on, how just the country is feeling about this game. Uh, Over-under house, as you said, is set at 32 and a half. So do the math there. They're basically saying somebody might win the game like 17, 13, 20 to 13, somewhere along those lines. Uh, Per uh, ESPN, their matchup predictor, for whatever that's worth, the Gophers have a 68% chance at winning the game. That is 1% short of having a nice chance at winning the game if you're keeping track at home and you know what I'm getting at right there. <laughs> Thank you for the giggle, Daniel House. And uh, depending on the line that you look at, the Gophers are actually giving Iowa anywhere from two and a half to four points. So the Gophers, slight favorites in this game. Daniel, what did the Gophers do on Saturday or even in the last three games that can translate and carry over to Iowa and Wisconsin, get the Gophers two victories, and then maybe with a little help, they're still in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game. Yeah, I, I think it's all about just trying to establish, you know, a quick passing game that will allow you to stay ahead of the sticks. I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, earing it out, throwing it vertically all game. I mean, you got to hit on a couple of those plays. But when you're playing a team like Iowa that's, Quarters coverage, zone, mixing it up with cover two, cover two man under, but also will disguise and do some things, you know, with cover three, sending pressure, uh, trying to bait you into a mistake. That's the key in these games. You cannot commit a monster turnover that allows Iowa to get a short field and, you know, totally derails the the rhythm of your offense. So I, I believe we know how Iowa's going to play. They're going to be disciplined against the run. They're going to take that away. And you're going to have to be efficient on first and second down, throwing the football, even if it's just for five, six yards, taking what the defense gives you underneath, and then, you know, blending in the run game and trying to just be, you know, multidimensional offensively, which is something that I feel is necessary when you're playing a good team like Iowa. You can get away with playing physical and just pounding the rock, making tweaks with the run scheme, which I think, over the past few games, that's been kind of the takeaway for me is the subtle tweaks that Minnesota's made with their rushing scheme to be able to run the football at a high level. It's helped them. But now when you play a teams down the stretch, you're like Iowa, Wisconsin with their defenses, the key is going to be, you know, not getting yourself way behind the sticks because you look at the efficiency metrics of Iowa's defense, just incredible stuff. Number one in explosiveness, and that's nothing new. I mean, Phil Parker at Iowa, when you go back and look at the numbers, Iowa is one of the best teams at limiting explosive plays in America for the past five seasons. So 
they're going to make you earn everything. Their DBs are really good. I watched the film Cooper DeGene, I thought would be, you know, extremely valuable for Iowa's defense. It turns out that's been the case. He was going to play cash, kicked outside now with injuries, and has done a phenomenal job. Him, Sebastian Castro, who I thought looked good on film, along with Riley Moss, who I already know is very good. But their secondary is talented, and nothing is truly open because the way those guys, they can be on the top of a route, but then like break on the ball and make a play on a dime. So you cannot make mistakes. you got to find a way to – stay on schedule offensively with the quick passing game because I think that I think Minnesota's defense can do a lot of things against Iowa that's going to give them you know trouble I mean you look at simulated pressures against Wisconsin I thought uh, that gave Iowa a ton of problems and Minnesota can certainly do some of those things defensively while dashing in blitzes Okay, follow me here, House, and I've talked about this in recent editions with you. I maybe even touched on this with Manny Hill earlier this week in this feed. I um, I really believe in Ethan Kaliak-Manis long-term. Uh, I, I think from what we've, what we've seen, at, at least this is a dumb cliche. It's kind of an old money ball thing, but he looks the part. He looks like what could be a Big Ten quarterback and lead this program for a handful of years. I know Tanner Morgan didn't play exceptionally well this year. He hasn't played exceptionally well in probably a few seasons. However, last year at home, I thought he played well, had good command of the game against Wisconsin, and was in large part the reason why the Gophers beat Wisconsin last year. I'm not saying the Gophers won't beat Iowa this upcoming Saturday, but I'm pretty apprehensive because I guarantee you that quarterback, Kaliak Manis, is going to see some things he hasn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And this is a team you can't make mistakes. If you turn the ball over and you maybe allow a punt to be blocked, you're probably going to lose the game. So you have to be solid on special teams. You can't turn the ball over passing. And this is the day you can't have a costly fumble. I hate even putting that out there. This to me is a game. If you turn the ball over more than one time or even a single time, you're going to lose. So I'm a little apprehensive about this game. I, I actually feel like Iowa should be the one that is slightly favored based on their track record this year. And at least, as PJ said, the cultural sustainability of their football team. Am I wrong in that opinion? And even if that disaster case happens where the Gophers turn the ball over a time or two, can they still win because of Joe Rossi's defense? Well, I think that's the that's the thing that I'm most interested in in this game is like, are you going to be able to overcome mistakes? And I, I don't think you can like turn the ball over a couple times and set Iowa up with short fields. Cause that just plays into to their formula for success. You got to start fast in this one. You got to get Iowa behind because both these teams don't play super well when they're behind playing from behind because the offenses, you know, that they're, they're built to, you know, control the game, get ahead, sort of milk it out where, you know, Iowa's offense is just incredibly inefficient in so many areas. You look at, you know, they're they're getting into passing down situations at such a high clip. I, I'm writing about this for the, for the article that's coming out part two of the previous series. They're getting into passing down situations at a 35% clip, which is 17th in the FBS. And they have the second worst success rate, 20% in those situations. And the Gophers have the ninth best passing downs defense in college football right now. So if Minnesota can stop the run, which I think they will, you look at the numbers on that too, Ross, like 
21% of Iowa's rushing plays are stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's the 13th highest mark in the FBS. So you can create negative plays, get them behind the sticks, maybe bait Iowa into a mistake. I mean, we're not even talking about, you know, Minnesota making a mistake. How about Minnesota's defense maybe making a play, getting a score? Uh, that type of thing, I think a defensive takeaway slash score or a special teams play will define the game, especially with the weather being the way it's going to be. Well, and Petrus's numbers this year are very futile, yeah. too. So, yeah, exactly. You just, yeah, wolf or whew, That's that's probably the way to describe his season stats. I, I know we saw Padilla last year. I don't think we'll see him this year because they've they've really been riding Petrus. It's... You know, PJ talked about it. it's a rivalry game. You have no idea what's going to happen, even though the Gophers haven't won many of these games in recent years, haven't won any since PJ's been here. Most of the games have largely been competitive and good football games. I will say this. Sometimes just weird stuff happens. Remember, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, less than that, the Max Williams game where Iowa came here and I believe lost like 51 to 14, 51 to 13 mm-hmm. Something like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I, I do have a bit of a feeling that maybe if the Gophers finally kick down the door and beat Iowa, maybe it'll be a semi-comfortable victory like that, where just everything clicks for a day. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't know if that'll happen, but that's really what I'm hoping for. And I I would like to see, you don't want it to happen, but immediately if it does, you do want to see, okay, Kaliak Manis throws a pick six. Team turns the ball over and Iowa turns it into points right away. How do they respond? That's that's really what I'm kind of looking forward to, but at the same time, you don't really want to see it either because that sets you that sets you behind behind the eight ball or behind the sticks. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the name of the game. Like if you do make a mistake, you gotta be able to rebound and come back and just sort of, you know, put it out of your mind because that could be the case, you know. That, Iowa's defense is extremely talented. I mean, talking with Kirk Shiraka yesterday, he just said he's he's trying to find a defense that's, you know, produced at this level uh, in the past because he just said this this Iowa defense presents a ton of challenges. And I, I feel as if, you know, that the turnover battle, pass protection up front, I think Iowa's very liable with their O-line right now. And some of the things that Minnesota does schematically will create some challenges for them. So not only that, but Iowa's defensive line as well, five games, I believe a 30 plus percent pressure rate. So Minnesota has to be able to pass protect when they need to, but I think they can neutralize that by getting the ball out quick, testing them on the perimeter, trying to get as much yardage as you can on first down. Get yourself in a position where you can get four or five yards on first down. Open up the playbook a bit. I, I believe that's going to be the pivotal moment. When you play these games against Iowa and Wisconsin, first and second down efficiency is the key because you don't want to get behind the sticks on these guys. Final thought on Iowa, and then we'll take a quick look around the Big Ten here in this Gophers Review Preview Edition, previewing Gophers and Iowa this Saturday, 3 o'clock at Huntington Bank Stadium. On a scale of 1 to 10, what number would you say, what number would you assign to P.J. Fleck needs to win this game? He's never beaten Iowa. A loss here ends your chances at representing the West in the Big Ten title game. I don't 
know if it's a 10. He's not going to lose his job if the Gophers lose to Iowa, nor should he. I think the number's pretty high, though. I feel like it's, I don't know, a solid 7, maybe 8. I mean, at some point, you got to beat Iowa, and you start looking at the schedule and the trajectory of the team. If you don't beat them this year at Huntington Bank Stadium, will you beat them next year in Iowa? I don't know. It just seems like this is as important of a game to P.J. Fleck as maybe any game since he's been at Minnesota. I think it's just a huge game for the program in general, just because, like you said, you want to take that step where you're knocking off a rival, uh, getting the the Floyd Rosedale back. It's it's good for recruiting, you know, being able to beat Iowa and Wisconsin, uh, get that, you know, the the PR of those wins out in recruits' homes. Like, this is a game where, you know, it's going to come down to can your offense do enough because I feel very confident in Minnesota's defense and stylistically how they match up against Iowa's offense. It's just it, – it, I feel like it's been the case all year. Like, will Minnesota get enough from their playmakers, especially the wide receiver position, and be able to pass the ball enough? Like Jerry DiNardo was talking about on Big Ten Network, like, you can get away with running the ball at that high of a volume against like Rutgers and Northwestern and those teams that you're just more talented and physical against, but you're going to have to to pass the football and hit on those plays. Like those two missed uh, plays that they had in the passing game, if they hit on those, I, I believe you got a couple explosive, maybe potential scoring opportunities there when you go back and, and look at the game in detail. So you cannot miss on those plays. You cannot you're going to have to maintain control of the ball, cannot, you know, have all those takeaways occurring. This is this is a game where you've got to play discipline and execute focus for the every minute of the game because Iowa is going to make you earn it. The Gophers' path to winning the West, it's not quite simple, but it's clear and easy to see. Gophers need to beat Iowa this Saturday. They need to go to Camp Randall and beat Wisconsin They need one Illinois loss. Illinois is at number three Michigan this Saturday. Nothing's a given, but it would seem likely you'll get your Illinois loss there. The key issue, the key cog is just goes back to, as you've brought up numerous times, House, it goes back to that Purdue game. Anything can happen on any given Saturday in college football. But Purdue closes by hosting Northwestern, who I'm not positive can score more than 10 points. And then they close taking on Windiana. It's possible they could lose that game. Windiana is functional at times, and it's for the old oak and bucket. But it, it, it seems difficult. But the bottom line is you can't really hope for that Purdue loss if the Gophers don't do their job. Now, with that said, looking around the Big Ten, I'll go from kickoff start times early in the day to the Gophers game at 3 o'clock, which is the last game of the day. You have, in the 11 o'clock window, you have Illinois at number 3 Michigan, Wisconsin at Nebraska. That could be kind of fun. Northwestern at Purdue. Go Northwestern. I don't believe it, but go Northwestern. And Indiana is at Michigan State. Your two games at a dentist's favorite time, 2.30. You have Ohio State at bowl-eligible Maryland. You have Penn State at Rutgers, and then at 3 o'clock, it is Iowa at Minnesota. Anything stand out to you as particularly exciting that is not the Iowa and Minnesota game, Daniel? 
Well, I, I want to see what happens with Wisconsin-Nebraska because you look at Wisconsin right now, five wins, need to get one more win for bowl eligibility. You're going to Lincoln this week. It sounds like Casey Thompson's going to be back, which is a huge cog for their offense. I believe Nebraska's defense under Bill Bush has actually improved significantly. Like You see a lot more flashes just schematically where you're going, these players are in a better position to, to be successful. I actually thought they did some good things against Minnesota in that area. So I, I watch this game and I want to know, okay, uh, can Wisconsin win in Lincoln and become bowl eligible? Because then you're setting the stage for Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Madison next week, and Wisconsin needs that dub to get a bowl game. So, House, looking around uh, nationally, the Ohio State-Michigan thing will figure itself out. One is going to get into the college football playoff very likely. The other one won't due to their loss of playing each other. Not 100% certain, but that's more than likely what will happen. I really still don't believe in TCU at all, but at some point I have to, right? I mean, you can't ignore a team that's 10-0 and and hasn't lost. Now they travel to Waco to take on Baylor this week, I keep every week, I keep waiting for them to lose because I don't really believe in them. And some of the numbers show that they're probably not as good as their record. But as Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. They're 10-0 and 0 and nobody's beat them. So do I have to believe in them or do you think it's likely they'll lose one of their next three games? They're already in the Big 12 championship game. How do you assess TCU? Because I'm baffled. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to put a measuring stick on TCU just because, you know, of who they've played and, you know, the whole the whole landscape of college football where, you know, there's we've talked about it a lot on here where there's no margin for error. Like there are a lot of really good teams that I feel like are more talented than TCU, but you're looking at the record going, Well, TCU is getting the job done, they haven't lost yet. Where you've got teams like, you know, USC, you got Clemson, all these squads that are going to get all this attention. And when TCU loses one more game, then instantly they're going to be out of the mix. So I don't know what to expect from TCU. They definitely exceeded expectations. I mean, Sonny Dykes has done a nice job down there. I think he is an outstanding coach. It was a very good hire. Like to flip the script like they have with that program, where it was at to where it is now, like. I really like the team speed that they have on offense. Like they can really put stress on you, uh, make you defend every inch of the field and uh, some really good defensive players too. linebacker winters. I I'm keeping an eye on him for the, for the draft as well. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect from TCU Bay. I could see them losing to Baylor though. I could see that low key happening. Yeah, me too. And that's kind of where I brought it up, but I also thought they'd lose to Texas and Texas just, I mean, I, I, did, I watched a good chunk of that game last Saturday, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. TCU kept starting the ball in the plus side of the field and never scored. I'm like, well, this inevitably catches up with them. You can't, you can't have four straight possessions that start in your opponent's territory and not score and still win a game. And they did. So props to them, I guess. I mean, I, it, it's, it's fun to watch. I love seeing new teams in the mix for the college football playoffs. So by no means am I cheering against them. And if they win out and get to 13-0, and they'll be in. It's just each week I will not be surprised if they lose. One other team to give props to, Daniel House, Jerry Kills fighting New Mexico State Aggies. Oh, they got a puncher's chance at bowl eligibility this year. 
Do they really? Yeah. I haven't even been keeping tabs. Yeah, honestly. yeah, they're up to four wins, but they got to play. Uh, they got to make up a game against San Jose State, who's pretty good. I believe they'll make that up because that could be the difference in making it to a bowl game or not. They also get um, well. They're at Missouri this weekend, so that'll be tough. And they're at Liberty, but if they get two wins here to end the year, Jerry Kill's likely bowling. Oh my gosh! I'm not sure. That... That, I'm not sure that he can do that. I mean, anything more than five wins seems unlikely. But I don't think I would have put them on anything more than three wins this year. So good for him, I guess. No, I'm telling you, the opponents they play must not be very impressive. <laughs> Holy cow. That team looks so bad week one, dude. Uh, and they just, uh, not only did they look bad, they just didn't look like they had the like, talent of a D1 football team. Like, I'm telling you, I, I invest a lot of time into studying football, but I, I'm not sitting there studying the New Mexico State uh, football program. Well, maybe you will be in three, four, five, six, seven, eight years when Jerry Kill has them on the cusp of the college football, the expanded college football playoff daniel house what are people going to find at gophersguru.com and how do they find you it's been a fun week on the website i put out a preview part one of it part two's coming soon for the game this week so you can go and check that out there's some matchups that are intriguing in this game that i think will certainly define the outcome as always lots of different things this podcast uh, various interviews that I do. You can check it out at gophersguru.com. The $5 a month subscription package gets you access to all of it. Housey, you're the best. Looking forward to next week. It's a holiday week, so let's uh, talk offline about how we want to record and make this happen next week, okay? Sounds good, man. Row the boat, Sky Yuma. Go Daniel House at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Gophersguru.com is the website. Thank you to everybody for listening to this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Whether you've subscribed to Minnesota Sports Chat or you're listening in that Score North Taxi Squad feed, I greatly appreciate it. Please make sure you are subscribing to Minnesota Sports Chat. Rate and review. Tell your friends all about it. Daniel is showing me the wheel route he wants the Gophers to run and score many touchdowns on this weekend. If that happens, a high five to you, Daniel House. That'll do it for this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. I'm Ross Brendel. Thank you so much for listening.